Off the Top, presented by J.P. Roofing and Siding. We got a lot going on in this show today. The big boy was sitting in my seat. I'm more concerned about what just happened than what will, Ron. Did he, you he, said he cleaned it thoroughly? He, you know, he, he got, Ron, look what I'm doing. Look what I'm doing. Look what I'm doing. Look what I'm doing. He wiped down everything, Joe. And I told him I had sent you a note. Bad news for you, Joe. The big boy's in your chair. And he was eating. They were all eating. There was somebody somebody brought in Italian food, right? Uh, I saw a chicken ketchup. with uh What? Because you know, that's Whaley's doing that thing. Right. Next Where's the rest of it? That it, place is incredible. It's uh it was, the vultures have taken over. How are you today, Ron? Good? I'm, I'm assuming. Doing, I'm doing great, Joe. I Caboli wasn't sitting in my chair, so I'm good. Austin City Limits, how are you today? Our friend Austin is behind the glass, Ron, in our ever-revolving door of producers. It's very exciting from day to day, isn't it? <laughs> well, we're in a set pattern here. You know, one, one, one on Monday, one Tuesday, Friday, one on Wednesday, Thursday. We're into a little bit of a pattern. How are you, Limits? I'm good. I had some of the Alifamilia, and oh, man, it was incredible. Isn't it, though? Fantastic. I noticed Ron got in late. Yeah, he first, got, I got a little bit of the pasta. I don't know what the other stuff was. They didn't put him in the game until overtime, but he played well. First time I've ever had it. It gets an A+. Plus. Oh, it's it's incrinculent, Ron. It truly is. You know what I have for you, Ron? What? A six-pack? Yeah. Oh, baby. Yeah. Before we get to Chelsea Messenger and the General, which are coming up here in the first hour. I'm ready. And I might add that fan Twitter is brought to you by South Hills Kia, Peters Township. Visit them at SouthHillsKia.net. We have a six-pack. Limits, why don't you crack one, will you please? Ah, oh, the beautiful sound. Ron, our friend Gormy the Owl, Kevin Gorman, wondering, and you wrote about this today. You wrote about um, their signing of Aroldis Chapman, the Pirates. He's wondering if this means a David Bednar trade, reasoning that Bednar's value at age 29 will never be higher, that the Pirates might want to build a bullpen that's deep enough to make up for the absence of, you know, a classic closer. Do you think this is setting up for a trade? I, you know what? I I never gave it a thought, to be honest with you, because, I, you know, Bednar's making cheap money relatively, and I think he's outstanding at what he does. Um, I didn't even think about trading him. I don't know that I, I want Chapman being my closer anymore. Me neither. Um, I mean, he's, you know, I think his best closing days are behind him. That doesn't mean he can't be a good eighth inning guy. But uh, I didn't give it any thought. I'm hoping that isn't the case. I'd like to see him spend some money and go out and find a starter and a and a bat, a right fielder. I think the story might be that they're, that they're planning to go to a, a one-day in their rotation, a bullpen game, which other teams, notably the Rays, have done have, successfully, yes, right? They've got Maybe. so many quality guys there. I just wonder about that. But, no, you, you have a team strength. You don't have many, but you have this, the bullpen. Keep it together and keep that guy at the end of it. I mean, Holderman is a, was outstanding, I thought, Great last year. Great name for, for a guy most. whose job is to get holds, isn't it, Ron? <laughs> um, yeah, better than Chris Blewett. Or Bob Walk. But, uh I thought he was really good at his job last year. Now, you or your have... dentist? What's his name again? Doctor Barry Rotz. <laughs> it's unbelievable limits. Rot your teeth. Yes, Doctor Barry Rotz. It's incredible. He's so good at what he does, uh, and you you make fun of his name. Uh, I know. I can't help it. Go ahead. And he what tells me saying? yesterday you had Doctor Cavity take yeah, care of you. Right. That's right, Doctor <laughs> Richard Cavity. Were you saying something, Ron? 
no, I was just going to say that uh, I, I, I like the back end of the bullpen now. I just don't know that they have enough bats or starting pitching to get leads after six innings. Fair point. Limits? Crack one. By the way, Limits, uh, judiciously, you may jump in anytime you like with an opinion. I like the bullpen as well. they got six guys that are genuinely can even pitch potentially in the seventh, eighth inning. Not the ninth, the seventh and eighth. Right. Well, a lot of guys can pitch the ninth, I think. Ron disagrees. Crack one. You cracked one and then spoke, Ron. That can't happen. No. You crack and then you drink. The Edmonton Oilers won their 14th game in a row, threatening the 92-93 Penguins, who won 17 in a row for the all-time record. So let me tell you who they got coming up here, You remember Ron. how that streak ended for the Penguins? Poorly in the playoffs, yeah. No, but that, then the last game wasn't a New Jersey a tie. Yeah. I believe. Is that right? I believe it was. So 17 games at the end of the season. They need three to tie, four to break. Their next game is at home against Chicago. That's 15. The game after that, home against Nashville. Pretty good team, but I'm imagining 16. And then the night they go to tie the record. Do you know who they play, Ron? Who? At Vegas. I didn't think they were playing the Penguins. That would be something. At Vegas, who just got their goalie back last night. He had missed a month, Aiden Hill, over a month. He came back last night, I think, they're going to fall one game short, you. And to break it. Well, how about how about what they've done? They fired their coach. Right. right. We were talking earlier Sometimes in the year that works. about how pathetic they are. And, yeah. And McDavid's going to want out and Dreisaitl's going to want out. And now all of a sudden they don't lose. Um, I mean, he's still, to me, the best player in the game, uh, McDavid. Um, I don't think he's going to win the scoring title, though. That looks like it might uh, go well, to – he's Matthew's got a lot right. of ground. Matthew McKinnon. has all the goals, too. McKinnon, yeah. Um, but there's still a long way left. You know, there David is. can put up five points a night I know. easily. Um, that's a lot of pressure to get to that point. I, I think, you know, the Penguins will tell you that, that they put too much effort into that streak at the end of that year than maybe they should have. I think it's a little different when it's in the middle of the year. They can kind of, uh, you know, reset a little bit when it's finally broken, but um, I don't know what their goaltending must have improved because it was so terrible before. Yes, improved to the point where Skinner is 18 and two oh in his last God. 20 starts. That's pretty good. So I think they get to the precipice and they lose at Vegas, which is healthier than they were against the Penguins just the other night. Uh, notably, Aiden Hill back, and that changes everything for them. However, if the Oilers do tie it that night at Vegas, then they go and face John Gibson and the Ducks with a chance to break the record. How about them apples? 18 in a row. Hey, that's a lot of wins, man, in hockey. And how many of them? I, I, I'd like to know how when, when he went to overtime and the shootout, too. Or they? I'd like to compare that, yeah. Might be worthy of a topic. Um, for sure. Limits, would you be kind enough to crack another? Let's do it. Ron, this is a hockey story and not a good one, or at least a strange one, I should say. Carter Hart. The Flyers are maybe the surprise. They're certainly the surprise team in the East. Nobody expected them to be in playoff position right now. Carter Hart, his numbers aren't great, but he's been very steady for them. They've won a ton of games on the road. He takes a mysterious leave of absence. He had been talking in recent weeks about not feeling well. He had a back injury, some food poisoning story. Strange things amidst with Hart and the Flyers. And now... 
a leave of absence. Some people seem to want to to bring up this story, which just broke on the Globe and Mail in Canada. It's It's been a story, but this is the latest. Five former 2018 Canada World Junior hockey players told to surrender to face charges of sexual assault. I, I want to be very, very careful. Uh, there are some people out there who are drawing a connection here. I think it's something to be very, very careful about. I don't want to go there, but... At the at the least, this is a very mysterious. The timing absence. of all this is curious, isn't it? Yes. Um, that story up there has been huge uh, about the junior team and the program and the stuff that was happening there. Um, I hope that isn't the case. I hope you know, guys take time off. Guys have issues, uh, mental health issues, and 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 whatever is bothering Carter Hart. I hope he I hope he can work it out. But I I need to know more details on this. Me too. I mean, that's just, that's not a place I want to go. I think it was another player, too, that, uh, you know, that left, also took a leave of absence, and I don't know his name. Well, they've been investigating that story for a long time. I was reading in The Athletic um, the story of, of how the investigation was progressing, progressing, and now these guys are told to surrender, so names are going to come out for sure, and it's not going to be, it's not going to be good. Uh you know, my friend and, and Steve Simmons, you know, Toronto Sun columnist, I think he's terrific, has just been blasting away at like the leadership of the junior program and, mm. and everything else up there that it's it's a major story. Next limits, please. Uh, this Todd Bowles story from the other day. I, I can't believe this. I just can't believe it. Time is running out. He's got a timeout on the board. Dan Campbell and company, Frank Ragnow, I believe, is the center. They're snapping the ball with time left on like the play clock. Like 10 seconds left, 12 seconds. What are they doing? Yes. So bottom line is Tampa Bay could have stopped the clock with 30-some seconds left and forced either a 49-yard field goal, I believe, or a punt. That's a that's a that's a forty nine yard field goal from a kicker who's not very good or a punt. I don't know what happens Never there. Know. It could have gone wide right. Oh, <laughs> that's a he cheap had to shot. sneak in that one. That's a little did. that's huh? a little bit of a cheap. You like that horse? Well, all he has to do is miss, and you've got the ball on the thirty nine yard line, still with around thirty seconds left. Think about that, and you have Mike Evans, probably the greatest jump ball receiver in the NFL. What is he doing? Bulls reasoned again, I think it was yesterday at a news call for season ender. Uh, we'd have had 12 seconds calculated after using that timeout to come back from it. Well, and then 12, he says, you know, okay, 12 seconds is no, 12 w- seconds. No, but it wouldn't have been. It would have been 30-some. Yeah, He's but even, wrong. even if it was 12 seconds, yes. why not take the chance? Exactly. But he also said after the field goal, we'd have been down 11 points, so it's kind of pointless. <laughs> What? The guy had to make one from 49 yards. And, and he's missed He's missed a lot of field goals. He was 5 of 13 from 50 or longer. Bowles wrapped up his closing argument. This was Monday with this. You kind of know when the game is over, he said. The game was over. I, I don't know. I'm speechless. What, what, what was, I'm speechless. What was Jared Goff and, and those guys doing, too? Well, Campbell said we didn't handle it. He said, we didn't handle the whole thing well on our end. 
He said he said we should have bled the play clock more than we did. Absolutely. I'll be the first to admit that, but we knew they had a timeout left, and I could tell he wasn't going to call it, and that's just how it ended. That is a very, very, very strange ending. I think both coaches to a football screwed game. up. So do I. I mean, One both more teams than the screwed other. up. Yep. I mean, it almost makes it seem like there was like, hey, game cahoots, over. Yeah, so, yeah, game over. All right. They were in cahoots. We won't call you like t- when you're in cahoots? You ever been in cahoots? Have you? Limits? Have Where, you ever been in cahoots? Where's cahoots? What is the exact definition of cahoots? Why don't you there look is. that up? You're the beat writer. Can that's, you crack one, please? That's a good idea. We'll do. Let's do it. All right, Ron. This is interesting. Adrian Beltre, Todd Helton, Joe Mauer into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Are you willing to reveal who you of voted for? Of course I do. I always reveal my ballot or give them permission to reveal it. Uh, I voted for Beltre. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he just, to me, it was a slam dunk. I mean, almost 400, and I want to say 476 home runs. A yeah. Zillion RBIs, five gold gloves. Uh, you know, one of the best third basemen ever to play. Uh, it was easy to put a check mark there. I thought long and hard about Maurer. I mean, I almost checked it, but just not quite enough for me. Um, and then Helton, um, I'm not a believer. If I don't ever, if I don't vote for you the first time, I'm never going to vote for you. So I never, I didn't vote for him. Um, yeah. But Beltre um, was an easy call. This is to me less and less of a story every year. It's the same old story, really, Ron. I mean, now you have Joe Maurer. And Todd Helton in the Hall of Fame, but you don't have A-Rod or Gary Sheffield because he got mentioned. What's that report? The Mitchell report? Oh, no. I, no come on, Ron. I can't even. Biogenesis? No. It's a, it's a. Whatever report it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. So you have Joe Maurer and Todd Helton in the Hall of Fame, but you don't have Sheffield, Bonds, Clemens, A-Rod? How about I got a bunch of feedback emails saying, what about Dave Parker? And, and, and yeah, not? yeah. If, if uh, I had this written down here, if Joe Maurer's in the Hall of Fame and Dave Parker isn't, but those other guys are not in for a reason. Because in a sport that has always had cheating and always will be, a select group of cheaters has been, has been wrangled up in the hallway and put in the principal's office forever. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I just don't think it's reasonable or fair or it it makes the Hall of Fame look like a joke. I can have a team now where I feel like I'd have a fighting chance to beat the best team from in the Hall of Fame with a team outside the Hall of Fame. Everybody cheats. They've all cheated. The sport is known for cheating and always will be. You know what's interesting to me, though, and everybody blames the baseball writers for this. You know, Bonds and those guys were up in front of Hall of Famers and couldn't get even four votes, and they needed 12. Uh, Baseball people themselves didn't want them. The same thing with Dave Parker. He was on a special ballot. You know, he was off of the the writer's ballot, and he still didn't get it. I'm not saying it's right uh, or wrong, but it's it's, – Multiple, well, you think it's right because people. you do it. Well, I mean, that's just my vote, but, I mean, 
if if the Hall of Famers themselves had put in Dave Parker or those guys, I mean, I'd have lived with it. But they did. Which Hall of Famers? How many of them? I think the Frank Thomas was on it. I think Greg Maddox. There were like five or six Hall of Famers out of like twelve, and you needed like uh, I don't know eight votes or I forget what it was. Well, I'd, Bonds I'd, and Clemens didn't even get four votes. You needed twelve, right, to get in, right, and they didn't vote for him. Well, they're wrong or too. Clemens, either one, right. So I'd love to sit down with one of them and ask them to to give me the case for for. Um, Todd Helton over Dave Parker, Joe Maurer over Dave Parker. And I'd love to get guys, did they have guys from the 70s on there? I'd, I'd love to hear somebody tell me that either one of those players was a better baseball player than Dave Parker. I'll look it up during the break here, Joe, who was on it. Because they weren't. I remember writing about it at the time. It's very simple to me. They weren't. And then the whole cheating thing. Uh, and it was, it was the Mitchell report because Gary Sheffield, was mentioned in the Mitchell report. He can't get into the Hall of Fame. He's better than all, he's better than at least two of these guys and probably all three. Top ten in MVP voting six times. One of four players with twenty five hundred hits, five hundred home runs, and two hundred and fifty steals with Barry Bonds, A Rod, and Willie Mays. And because he's mentioned in a report, he's not in the Hall of Fame. Why didn't you vote th- for him? I think this was his last year. Do you not think he's without without the allegations? Is he a Hall of uh, Famer? Joe, I have to go back and look ten years ago what I was thinking and what I was looking at at the time. Well, the, couldn't the you number, have voted for him this year? I, I could have, but I don't do that. If I don't vote for you the first time, see, I, I think Billy Wagner came real close, like missed it by six votes or something. He's going to get in next year. That's what uh, these guys get close in their seventh, eighth, ninth year. I think who was Larry Walker got in last year on his tenth. Larry time. Walker. Larry his, Walker on his 10th time. If I don't vote for you first, I'm not going to vote for you. I know. But when you hear me say 2,500 hits, 500 homers and 250, to me, that's automatic entrance unless there's a there's a mitigating issue, which there is. He was mentioned in the Mitchell report. I'll always believe Conseco because he's the guy who broke the story that 85 percent of people were using during that era. And if I can't weed out who was from who wasn't, then I got to just vote in people. You want to put an asterisk, put an asterisk. But if 85% of the guys are using at that point, and I believe him, do you believe him? 85 strikes me as being a little high. I just remember Sid Bream sitting in this chair right here. Joe, you see where I'm pointing? Right there. Yeah. Veins coming out of his neck saying, if Barry Bonds gets in the Hall of Fame, it's a joke. He goes, we tried to play the game clean, and he didn't. Um, I'll just never forget that conversation. So I, 85% strikes me as being high. But Barry Bonds was playing the, the game clean when he was carrying people like Sid Bream. Until Sid slid into home plate. <laughs> <laughs> right. Ron, what's your benchmark? Like, they had to be undoubtedly, no doubt about it, stats yeah, given yeah. that they have to be in. Yeah. Because I know and, you're a small hall guy. In my, in my, I, I have to be convinced that they were cheating, using steroids and performance-enhancing drugs. So if other people are using that criterion, I wonder how they're convinced that Gary Sheffield cheated. I don't know. I can't answer He was just mentioned people. in a report. He should be in the Hall of Fame. 
Jim Leland, I think, said that a couple of weeks ago when well, he Jim got Jim Leland's in. a big Barry Bonds guy, too. He, But he, I think he singled out Gary Sheffield the other day. He did. Well, that's because Sheffield was up coming up on the ballot, and Bonds is off of the ballot. Right. So you can point out your Sid Bream. I'll counter you with a Jim Leland. He yeah. thinks Bonds should be in. All I know is if I, if I was making a team right now, Clemens would be my starting pitcher. Bonds would be in right field. Where did Sheffield play most of the time? Third? Yeah. Outfield? He, I think he, he moved a little bit. A-Rod at short. Mark McGuire at first. I would have an unbelievable team, Ron. And wait till you get to my closers. Were any of those guys steroid guys? Uh, who's? I mean, Billy Wagner's the one that I, I'm thinking of. Was he linked to this? No, 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 no. I'm, uh, steroid guys. Out of the I'm, hall no, I'm of thinking fame. of guys that aren't in the Hall of Fame that are closers. Yeah, yeah. Most oh, of those Billy guys Wagner got, would be great. Lee Smith got in, and I mean, a bunch of guys got in. Oh boy, that one. All right, city limits. Let's go to the next thing. Pit basketball. Last night, we're going to talk to Noah Hiles, the Noah constrictor, later in the show. <laughs> I, I don't know really a lot that's been happening. I've been picking up with them lately, and I was impressed last night. Anytime you go on the road and get a win, now they're up to 3-5 and five in the ACC. Next up is a trip to Miami. Miami's struggling. You got to get right around that 500 mark in the conference and make things interesting. I like their lineup right now. I like the fact that Jeff Capel resuscitated this team last year when it looked like it was lost. I still think they have a nice run in there. You think that Duke game might have turned everything around? Might have, yeah. Uh, I mean, Blake Henson, when he's good, he's unbelievable. When he's missing, he's not so good. I think what could separate this team potentially is they have several guys who can create their own shot. In fact, a lot of times it seems like their offense bogs down a little bit while one of those guys does try to create his own shot. But I like them. I enjoyed the Duke game, and I really enjoyed the game last night when they had to have big shots. They're a better – I don't care what the numbers say. They're more of a threat to hit big shots where people make things on their own or shoot threes than I think they ever have been. Limits, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. Just Carrington has looked different on the road compared to some of the home games he that he struggled last in. Night. He was, and the emergence of Lowe has been huge for this team as well now in the starting lineup. They have two dynamic freshman guards that lead the way, and Hinson doesn't have to carry them unless he's playing Duke and hitting seven, seven threes and seven. letting the Cameron crazies know about it. Isn't it amazing how one game can turn things? I mean, yeah, they were one and five, and I think we talked about it last week. I gave them no chance. No, you weren't here last week before that game. I mean, Hathorne even, you know, said, I don't really like their chances I mean, it helped either. that two starters were missing. Yeah, Purdue. there's no doubt. There's And that two really good players down there. But still, you get a win like that, yeah. it just changes your perspective, doesn't it? It most certainly does. Very salient points by city limits as well. Do you think so, Ron? <laughs> salient, yes. Why don't you crack a bonus one? Limits. Ron, this Russell Wilson story took off yesterday, even though Peter King came out later. And told us that he wasn't actually reporting that his words traveled far and wide with Cliff Kingsbury, not the Russell Will story. Yeah, I was going to say Kingsbury story. Kingsbury. Now, did I see that he interviewed with Philly? Yes, and Philly's got rid of both their guys, both their all three of their coordinators. Actually, was told if you want to keep your job, you got to move on from these guys. It was Pony's opinion that Cliff Kingsbury is a fraud based on his head coaching record. I don't care about his head coaching record. 
No. I care about his relationships with quarterbacks and whether he can, as Peter King said, design an offense. And I think he can. And I think he can develop a quarterback. I don't know if anybody can develop the quarterbacks the Steelers have, but he's still a wonderful candidate to me if he does become an actual Yeah, candidate. I don't buy that he failed as a head coach. There's a lot of guys who aren't meant to be head coaches that are great coordinators. We had one in this town named Foge Fazio. Foge was a great defensive coordinator at Pitt and then after Pitt in the NFL, but wasn't meant to be a head coach. Doesn't mean you can't be a great coordinator, right? That's my thinking. Yes. Little news on uh, news or an opinion maybe on Cole Holcomb. Dulac's mailbag is due out today. There's people from uh, all across the universe waiting for that. All the way to Uranus. All yes. the way to Uranus. Now, you started with the Russell Wilson thing. Are you, you, did you mean to say Clingsbury? Kings, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Although I did write we died about it. We got to get into a little more Russell Wilson talk because you wrote about it very eloquently, I might add. Why, thank you. Yes. Very kindly. I, listen, here's the thing about him. Why don't you crack one more while we're at it? The executive beer, right? Limits. Um, yes. Listen. You have to operate, I think, Ron, from this premise that the Steelers are determined to find out whether Kenny Pickett is their guy, and that's what's going to happen, at least at the start. Do you agree with that? Yes. So that's why I was hoping they would have found that out this year. Me too. But then he got hurt, and we don't know. So we go into a third year of auditions. Can you see, like, Mike Tomlin and Omar Khan sitting at a wooden table while people go up on stage and sing, Ron? <laughs> um so you have to eliminate, first of all, any creative solution is game for me, but you have to eliminate somebody like Kirk Cousins because he's not going somewhere where another guy is definitely going to start the season as the starter because he is. And Kenny I don't Pickett. see them paying him $45 million yeah, a year either. That one seems especially unrealistic. But with Russell, he's in a much murkier situation. There's no guarantee, even at the vet minimum, that some team out there is going to bring in 35-year-old Russell Wilson and say it's your job, go get it. I don't I don't it might there might be a team out there that that'll say that. They might. But I think it's just as likely that he might be willing to come to a place like this where you start as a veteran backup but you have a great chance at promotion for two reasons. The anointed guy probably isn't or might not be very good. That's one. And two, the head coach has already shown that he's more than willing to bench and bury the anointed guy, and that's Kenny Pickett. And so I think Wilson at the vet minimum is much more realistic. And the third factor in that, too, is the anointed guy has a little bit of a history of injuries. That, too. You know, he has a little bit of an injury history. Um, yeah, I don't see a downside to that. Um, you know, Pickett's ego, maybe, but so what? You know, he hasn't earned anything yet to, to avoid his ego being no. bruised. No, his ego is clearly bruised. And I wouldn't be surprised if that was part of the reason uh, that as a team captain, he failed to face reporters in the final. And then you have the, the stories season. coming out that the ride receivers like Mason better. They right. want him to. I mean, it's not a good time for Pickett right now. If his ego was fragile, I don't think this quote from Tomlin helped. There will be competition there. There's always competition in this thing. We don't anoint anyone. That's that's hardly a vote of confidence. It, it was the flimsiest vote of confidence you could ever get. He basically said, he basically, in so many words, said, 
yeah, we'll start the season thinking he's the starter, start camp thinking he's the starter, but yeah, absolutely competition. Always makes you better. All of that. It's going to be an interesting offseason, Joe. I want to see if Mason comes back. Yeah. And then where they go from there. I would I would certainly be entertaining the Russell Wilson idea. Up next, we got championship games and we have Chelsea Messenger. That's a very good mix. Fan hotline presented by Sullivan Super Service, providing trusted plumbing and HVAC service for over 50 years. Fan text line brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates Personal Injury Law Firm, where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. And I might add, Ron, it's 1031. Time to stop blindly paying those increasing auto and home insurance premiums. Contact the Buell Insurance Agency in Gibsonia and see what they can do for you. Joe, I want to talk about Mr. Reuter Plumbing. You've been hearing me talk about him for almost three years now. I believe in them because they're Pittsburgh's best plumbing company for a lot of reasons. And one, it's a family-owned business. Bob Beal, my pal, learned the business from his dad back in the 60s who said, son, treat people the right way, do a good job, charge a reasonable fee, and you'll be highly successful. And that's what Bob Beal has done with Mr. Reuter Plumbing. Going on 21 years in this market now, I've said it many times, you know how good you have to be uh, to last 21 years in any market doing anything. Well, Mr. Reuter Plumbing is really good. 50-plus trucks out on the road every day. Doesn't matter if you need somebody at your home for a broken water heater, maybe somebody uh, at your uh, business. Uh, at your business, you need a plumber for, you know, backed-up sewer, broken water heater, whatever. The only number to call, 412-Reuter2, 412-Reuter2. Mr. Reuter Plumbing. Check out the website, mrreuterpittsburgh.com. Uh, if I've said it once, I've said it dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of times. Pittsburgh's number one full-service plumbing company, Mr. Reuter Plumbing. I'm Austin Bechtel with your fan headlines. Raiders are expected to interview Steelers quarterbacks coach Mike Sullivan for their offensive coordinator opening. Sullivan not in the running for the Steelers OC job. Pitt basketball took down Georgia Tech on the road, 72-64. Two wins in a row on the road for Pitt. Three in a row on the road. Two ACC wins in a row. Bub Carrington, 19 points in the victory. Pens are still seventh place in the Metro, 48 points. Five out of a wild card spot. Pens return home on Friday to play Florida. Headlines, Proper Bowser and Genesis Monroeville. Now open for more, go to 937thefan.com.